grace, mercy, and peace be to all of you from God our Father and, our, and Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Anybody here, I know probably not, but anyone here ever binge watch shows? Almost all of you pagans, I'm, uh, people, <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know how it works with binge watching or even if it's just on cable, we've been recently watching a, an old, a rerun of a show and there used to be like three minutes of commercials between episodes. Now there's like a second because they want you to watch the next one, right? And then on, on things that you stream on Netflix or Amazon or whatever, they, they will often at the end of an episode, uh, they'll say coming up next. And then when you get to that next episode, they'll say things like previously on and they'll kind of bring in things from that last episode to hook you right away. Uh, or maybe from two seasons ago or even a whole year ago, right? Are you familiar with that? Previously on. So today I want, I want to apply that previously on part. That would help us a lot as we read the gospel reading in Luke chapter 12. We're going all the way from chapter 11 we looked at last week. Jesus teaching about prayer. Remember, he gave us the petitions, the actual words to say. Uh, he gave us promises from the Father, how the Father is when we pray. And then he, he gave us the, the provision of the Holy Spirit. So he gave us those things. That's the beginning of chapter 11. Now we're in chapter 12, but a lot has happened. A lot of episodes with Jesus have taken place. So previously on, we could say Luke or Jesus, stuff that we missed from there to where we start today that might help us, there's things like Jesus is casting out a demon. And these guys are like, yeah, he casts out a demon, but he does it in the name of Satan. And so Jesus doesn't like that, of course. So he says about these guys, scribes and Pharisees, he, he is, here's a fancy word, he excoriates them. He says, woe to you. He warns them because they think they're all right with God because of the rules that they follow. So he says, woe to you. And then that's another episode later, he gets his disciples in the house and he says, you know what? Down the road, those guys and others, they're going to bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities. But don't worry about it. Just stay faithful. In that hour, you will have the Holy Spirit. So that's the context. That's the previous episodes that happens with Jesus. And Jesus, if we go back a whole season, Jesus in chapter 4 of Luke, he's like, I bring the kingdom to you. You know, I come preaching and, and bringing the kingdom to all who are poor in spirit. Right? So Jesus is ushering in, is what he says. He's ushering in the kingdom of God. Is that big stuff or little stuff? Big, big stuff. Think about this. The king of the universe is coming back. He says, this world is mine and I'm coming back to get it. That's big. And then that's where we pick up in today's episode. We have a guy, like all of us, sometimes we are wronged and things aren't going well. And so we seek justice. And this guy is seeking justice. That's where we pick up. So look in your gospel reading. This guy, by all accounts, is doing what's right. He wants what is coming to him. And so he says to Jesus, oh, by the way, it's not just him and Jesus, you know, out on the road. And, and he counsels him privately. Hey, Jesus, can you help me out? No, there's, Luke says there's so many people that some people are being trampled. There's thousands of people. And Jesus is teaching the crowds and his disciples and this guy's like, Jesus, hold on with all this like kingdom coming stuff. Stop a minute. Help me get my stuff. Help me get my stuff. I know your kingdom's coming. I know you said the Holy Spirit can be yours by the asking. But I need some stuff. It's mine. 
not a wrong thing. It's, it is his, right? He has half of an inheritance coming to him. Is it a bad thing to get the inheritance that's coming to you? No, it's just the context. In this episode, Jesus has been doing so much leading up to it that it's a little bit out of place. Okay, So Jesus gives him a warning that we scratch our head and say, maybe Jesus is being too extreme. But as we step back, we could say, well, maybe Jesus knows something that we don't know. Amen? I think Jesus knows a whole lot of stuff that we don't know. And so he gives a warning here and then a story, a parable about it. So let's read it. He says... The guy says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. It's like, wrong time, dude. But he said to him, man, who made me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And then he said to him, take care. Literally, the word there is see. See rightly. This guy is not seeing rightly. He's not seeing Jesus in front of him. So he said to him, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Right? So that's what Jesus says. That your possessions cannot bear the weight of your life. When I was in scouts and also a middle school teacher, sometimes I would do these projects with kids, kind of hands-on. And one of them was giving them a couple hundred popsicle sticks and as much glue as they wanted. And just to try out engineering at a really young age. And so they would make a bridge. That was the goal. Make a bridge across 18 inches that it would span. And then see how much weight it could hold. Right? Sound like fun? Anyone ever tortured by having to do that? Non-engineers out there? Have you ever done that? Well, okay. Some of you have. It is kind of fun. It is also a little bit torturous if you're not good at it. So some of the bridges that these kids made, we'd put them across this, the chasm. And then we'd hook the bucket to them. And then we're supposed to put weight into it. But sometimes you put the bucket on just by itself and it goes, you know, just falls. It wasn't built to withstand. Others, though, it's like, wow, you should go into engineering because they had it all figured out. They had these truss designs that could hold. And so we'd fill, put the bucket on and put as much weight in there as possible. And the bridge would still not break. It was, it was amazing, really. We have this you know, six-ounce bridge that's holding you know, 30 pounds. So the, my point with that is what Jesus is saying here. Your possessions, your stuff, your money, it cannot support your life. It can't. It was never designed to. Luther, you guys here have heard of him before, I think. Martin Luther. He said about money is that it is probably the most worshipped God in the world. And this is why he said it. Because he said, and you could probably relate, if you have money, do you feel like you're in control? You feel like life is going well? You feel like everything is going to be okay? You feel like you're a pampered king or queen and, and everything is great, right? If you've got a lot of money in the bank. Correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you don't, right? You know how it is, you get a huge bonus and you're like, cha-ching, right? Come on now. Can none of you relate to this? Maybe you guys don't have money. Okay, well, you, we feel that way when we have a lot of money. But Luther also said, for those who don't have money, they wish that they had money. They live their whole lives being jealous of those who do. They think that by having it, it's going to solve everything. Does money solve everything? No. no, we know that, right? Money, possessions, stuff was never designed to be our God, to be what we fear, love, and trust. It was never designed to hold us. And so Jesus warns us here and says, see rightly and be on your guard in case there is covetousness or literally greed in your heart. What do we say in our psalm? 
Come, let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord, Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture. So we only have one God, one true God. Everything else is an imposter, including, as Jesus says here, possessions. Let's take a look at the parable he tells quickly. We already read it, but this guy has a great harvest, which is a good thing. The land of a rich man produced plentifully. Question, where did it come from? God. Does he acknowledge God anywhere in this story? No, but think for a moment. This guy has an eye farm. He has an eye barn. He has an eye crop. Everything is I, I, I. How many I's and my's and me's do you count here? Let's read it again. And then put up your fingers as we're counting. He told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Keep relaxing, eat, drink, and keep being merry. How many eyes and mys was there? Ten or eleven? You lost count. And if you say soul, like he's talking to himself, and he, it's it's all about him. There's no other God there except him, right? No people to bless, no God to serve. It's about himself, and so that's his trouble. He says, "My soul." Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. What's he forgetting with that famous phrase? Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we shall die. Thank you, Ken. That's what he's forgiving. That's what he's forgetting. That life is not just about the here and now. And for him, tomorrow is actually right now, tonight. And so he hears the most frightening words you could ever hear. Like Mr. T. Fool! <laughs> right? except he hears it from God. Is that not the most frightening word you could ever hear from God on the moment you die? <sighs> Come on, right? That should frighten us to the bones. Fool. Wow. Fool, he, God says, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will there be? Remember Solomon as, as Ken was reading it? It's like all my stuff is going somewhere else. Whose will they be? Well, it's not going to be his anymore. And worse, so much worse is the state of his eternal soul. And then Jesus ends it. It's almost like a picture. And then Jesus signs the guy's name at the bottom. And I wonder, is my name sometimes signed there? Is your name? It says, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So is the one, that man in this story, just a story. But is this a story about people we know? Is this a story about us? Do we have an eye barn, an eye farm, an eye world? Right, we can, right? And so that's why Jesus warns us with this. He says, fool. Well, I want you to look around real quick and be friendly and say to each other, Good morning, Mr. Scrooge, or good morning, Mrs. Scrooge. I know it sounds weird, just do it. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Good morning, Mrs. Scrooge. Good morning, Mrs. Scrooge. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. All right. All right, some of you are saying, I don't like this at all. This is awkward. 
Yeah, it is. But so think about this. Is this yeah, this sounds bad. This guy is not in a good place. Is this all judgment from Jesus? Well, let's look at it. St. Augustine said this about this story. He says, the guy who asked, Jesus, give me my stuff, and then heard the story. Augustine said of him that he asked for half of an inheritance on earth. Give me my stuff for my brother. But the Lord offered him a whole inheritance in heaven. The Lord gave him more than he asked for. So that's why did you say good morning, Mr. Scrooge, and good morning, Mrs. Scrooge? Did you all wake up this morning? There you go. What happened to Mr. Scrooge when he woke up? Well, he got out of bed. He changed. changed. Why? Because it was all a dream. It's all a parable. He's not dead yet. He can take all his stuff and turn it from his God that he loves to stuff that he uses to bless people. You all know the story, right? And that's exactly the opportunity for us, for the man in this episode and for us. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Good morning, Mrs. Scrooge. How then shall we live? Woohoo! You're still alive. God has given you stuff to bless others with. That is good news. Are you all rich? Yeah. Kara's not rich. The rest of you rich? Shake your head yes or no if you're rich. Some of you are like, no, of course not, I'm not rich. Some of you are not going to play this game. You know how it's going to go. Well, think of this guy in this story who had so much crops he didn't know where to put it. Did he have running water? No. Probably not. Did he have um, electricity? No. Did he have an iPhone? No. Did he have, uh, you know, on and on. Did he have a nice diesel truck? No. Right? All the things that we have is he would just, he would think, wow, I guess I'm not doing so well. So are we rich? Do any of you have more money than someone else? All right, then you're rich. All of us have money, and that's a good thing. God has provided for us good things. And so to have money is not bad. Fix this. Money is the root of all evil. What? The love of money is the root of all sorts of evils. That's what Paul tells his, his uh, disciple Timothy. So 1 Timothy 6, you don't have your uh, Bible necessarily, you might not. 1 Timothy 6, Paul tells us that, that the love of money is the root of all sorts of evils. And that's exactly what Jesus shows us in this parable. If you love your stuff more than you love God, more than you love people, then it's your God. Okay? Um, but but Peter, I'm sorry, but Paul also t- told Timothy some things that I'm going to pass on to you. So this is 1 Timothy 6. Since you all, most of you all, admitted that you're rich, I'm going to pretend like you're rich. So Paul has some words for some rich people in 1 Timothy 6. Okay, listen carefully. I'm going to change the verb so as I'm talking right at you instead of just reading about it. Paul says this, As for the rich in this present age, all of us, charge them not to be haughty. All right, all you folks, don't be haughty. Don't be proud about your stuff. Don't set your hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Set your hopes on God. It is God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And when he does, give thanks. And it says, you are to do good with your stuff. You are to be rich in good works. 
You are to be generous. You are to be, to be ready to share. And by doing that, you store up treasures in heaven. All right, how can we just turn the page and not be old Mr. Scrooge and be new Mr. Scrooge? How can we take this as good news? How do we just all of a sudden get better and don't worship your stuff? Share it. Just do it, right? That's what Paul says. We'll, our, our epistle reading will end with this. Encouraging words for us. Paul tells us in Colossians 3, this is also printed in your bulletin, if you want to turn there to Colossians 3. Paul says, if then you have been raised with Christ. He's assuming that, yes, you have. What does that mean? If you've been raised with Christ. Christ has been raised, and you've been raised with him. And then he says, if that's true, and it is, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Think about your riches. Yeah, you got money in the bank, perhaps a little bit, perhaps a lot. But what do you have in heaven? Jesus, the Lord. What has he done for you? We're going to say in a moment in the Nicene Creed, he's come to earth to save you. He has died for you. He has risen from the dead for you. He has ascended on heaven and now he sits. That means the victory is won. He is reigning from heaven for you. And as Paul says here, he will come again when Christ, who is your life, appears. Then you'll also appear with him in glory. He'll do that for you. Wow, now we're talking real riches. So let's seek those things that are above. Doesn't mean the things on earth are not good. They are. They're to be received with thanksgiving. But we don't worship them. We use them. All right. Paul says, put to death, therefore, this is the last sentence, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So do it in the name of Jesus, because he loves you. Amen. All right. Having heard God's word, I invite you to stand.